0: Any advice or opinions offered on this program are meant as general suggestions, not advice specific to an individual child. Any choices that you make regarding your own child are completely at your own discretion. This is a Holding On learning LLC production. Hit it! The ideas expressed on this show are not the views of their employer. Besides, if you really want to take advice from this guy... Well, you should probably do it at your own risk. You better turn right back around because here comes the short Bob dude from the Parents Recharge Show. What is going on, fellow parents? Thank you for dropping in to the Parents Recharge Show. In this episode, we're going to dive into part two of the ADHD episode. Last time, we talked all about the characteristics of ADHD, This time, we're diving into my personal challenges that I've experienced over the years, the things I've learned as someone with ADHD, and some helpful tips to help your child. Before we get to all that, let me quickly remind you, you can connect with me at Recharged Family on Instagram or Twitter. You can also provide me with any feedback or show ideas if you email me, rechargedcommunity at gmail.com. And you can also check out all of the services we provide at Recharged Family Service Network. Now, let's get into part two of this episode. It's time to get recharged, people. So, in this recharged portion of the program, I'm going to share with you, not, you know, normally I maybe share a story. This isn't as much just a story as it is a list of my challenges. Me personally, this doesn't mean that your child. Would struggle with all these areas. Again, they have their own individual characteristics. If they're if they have ADHD, this is me, and actually, certain parts of this would be in my kids as well because ADHD is neurological, but it can is a trait that can be passed down genetically to your offspring. It doesn't mean it's gonna definitely gonna happen, but it is possibility. So actually, my kids, some of depending on the child, my my son or my daughter, some of them have some of these characteristics, but they also have others as well. But this is me, talking about, like, if you were to crack my head open and take a look at my brain, here are some of the things that I am working through. So first and foremost, as a kid who grew up and having no idea I had an ADHD brain, I just thought I was maybe a little bit different. And in some cases, that was good. And luckily, I had a mom who, and a dad who celebrated my uniqueness. I wasn't like everybody else. So from that standpoint, I kind of felt like maybe it's a good thing. I'm just not the same as everybody else. I'm a little bit different. Now, keep in mind, I was not the kid who was running around a classroom or rolling on the floor or just couldn't sit. I couldn't sit great, but I could sit in a classroom. I could at least show you or fake that I was paying attention sometimes. However, internally, I struggled with that. So I didn't have a lot of the outward hyperactivity. However, sometimes I'd get extra juiced, meaning I'd get excited about something, yes, and then I would get hyper. And then this leads to my first my first characteristic on my own individual list. Then it would sometimes lead to my own impulsivity. So, it, as a 15-year-old, you should not be riding on tops of on the top of a car, right? That's it's dangerous. The typical brain would say, don't do this. That is not a good idea. However, I've always had a problem. Now, I shouldn't say always now. I've kind of gotten over it, thankfully, as a middle-aged man. Always had a problem when somebody would dare me to do something. I don't know why. I guess it has to do with my brain and my impulsivity, because I never wanted to be the person who said, no, I won't do that. I was usually like, you can't tell me I can't do that. I'm going to do that. So when somebody would tell me at the age of 15, you don't dare to ride on top of that car going down the road at 25, 30 miles an hour, I would say I absolutely can. Not a good idea. (laughs) Not a good idea. (laughs) If you've got a teenager with ADHD, if they struggle with impulsivity, you want to have a lot of discussions with them about safety think before doing think before doing I really wish I had a lot of talk uh, before I became a teenager I wish somebody had talked to me a lot about my impulsivity and like hmm let's make sure that we we stop for a second and ask ourselves: is this safe is this a good idea should I be doing this could I get in trouble doing this would somebody get hurt doing this meaning myself or somebody else so impulsivity was has always been a characteristic that um, I struggled with. However, it's not something that I struggle with as much anymore. It is something like a lot of the characteristics of ADHD. As you get older, you learn to control it a little bit more. And in some cases, you kind of outgrow, as they say, outgrow some of the characteristics. The next thing on my list, this is a big one, working memory. So I forget a lot of things. It's not that I'm forgetful. I do find, by the way, that I've gotten this has gotten worse as I've gotten older. So it's tough to tell whether it's gotten worse because I'm getting older or my ADHD brain is kicking in in extra hard as a middle-aged man. However, I've done a wide variety of things that would fall into this category. Now, many everybody forgets stuff, right? Like everybody's done a boneheaded thing or two where they're like, "Ah, oh, I've forgotten this. I've forgotten that." But for me it seems a lot more regular. So I've done some weird things like, so back in the day before you would take a credit card out and put it in, you know, use it at the gas pump, swipe your card and um, use that to pay, you used to have, I'm, I'm going way back now, you used to have to go in and, and pay with cash, right? <laughs> you pay with cash for gas, then you would pump. And some places were kind enough, they'd let you pump and then go in and pay, but there was a few times, when I actually went to pay, paid my money for the gas, and then I got in my car and I left. I'm telling you I've done that. I have, Thankfully, I've done this in a long time because now I pay at the pump. But back in the day, I did this, I wouldn't say often, but sometimes. And one time in particular, I actually ran out of gas because I didn't realize I'd never got gas. How silly is that, right? That's That's working memory. Here's some other things... It would fall into that category. And I do this often. Missing exits. Missing turns. My son actually reminds me once every, probably week, once every week on the way to dropping him off at school. Dad, you got to turn here. (laughs) It's the same route every day. And I know the route. It's not hard to get from where we live to where he goes to school. You know what it is? Me in my head. I'm thinking about 900,000 things in half it seems like half a second and so I get to the point as many people would say like daydreaming right but for me it's much more intense I'm thinking about this then I'm thinking about that I'm thinking about this I'm thinking about that And it's all going fast uh, like a uh, picture a hamster on a hamster wheel that's kind of what it feels like in my brain sometimes and I start doing that and then I forget my turn so that is something I've always struggled with missing exits missing turns losing keys This is a common one. A lot of people with ADHD will tell you they lose their keys often, losing things in general. My keys, I've gotten really good at like training myself to put them in the same place, but it's taken a long time because I've done some other odd things like couldn't find my keys and then I'd find them in like the pantry or couldn't find my keys and I'd find them in the refrigerator. That makes zero sense, right? But you know what happened? I would have my keys in my hand and I'd go to the refrigerator, like coming in, I'm gonna like get get a drink. I'd set them down in the refrigerator, grab the drink, close the refrigerator, and now I can't find my keys. That is another common common thing. If you've struggled with working memory, you can see why that would be a challenge. Here's the final example for working memory. Paying for something. This kind of goes along with the gas, the gasoline story. Paying for something, but not taking what you bought. I've had plenty of plenty of times when I would pay and walk away. I did it just last week. I was buying something for one of our pets. I paid and I walked away. I'd got a receipt and i luckily the young lady was like, Sir, sir, you forgot this and I came back and got it right I've done that many many times actually one time so we have twin, my wife and I have twin twin girls and when they were young, if you ever have twins, by the way, this is a great idea. Somebody tipped us off about this and we did this and it, was, it worked out great. Every time when we found out we were going to have twins, every time we went to a store that had diapers, we would buy diapers. Well, and then we would just stockpile them, stockpile them. And we had enough in the end for like a whole year of diapers. Well, there was a big sale on diapers. I went to a store to buy diapers. That was my number one goal. My number 1A, number 1B, number 1C, buy the diapers. I had a couple other things, but my main goal was the diapers. And wouldn't you know it, I actually paid for them. I actually took them out of the store. However, I loaded all of the things that I bought into the car. The diapers were in that little shelf underneath the cart. Never got them. Got all the way home, and my wife was like, where are the diapers? Oh, crud. (laughs) I left them on the cart, so I had to take the drive of shame all the way back to the store and talk to somebody at customer service and said, "Uh, has anybody returned the three bags of diapers that were out on on a cart? Luckily, a kind-hearted person had done that, so I didn't actually have to pay to get more diapers. But the lesson there, it is hard without that functioning of working memory to not forget things of that nature. Here's another characteristic that would fall under my personal ADHD list. Executive functioning. And it goes along with working memory, actually. It kind of lives hand in hand. I have not been the most organized person in the world. Now, I've gotten better. And actually, early as a young adult, I was not great. Matter of fact, my wife will joke sometimes when she first met me, whenever I would pay bills, this was my organizational system. This was very strange but it, I actually had thought about it, and it worked for me. I kept all of my bill stuff in a shoebox, so I'd pull out my shoebox, and I had my checks, I had my bills, and it was actually an organizational system that worked for me. But many times I would forget things. Luckily, I was usually pretty good. Like I had my trained my brain even as a young adult to understand the importance of bills, because some people with ADHD struggle to remember. I gotta pay a bill at this time. I gotta pay a bill at this time. Next thing you know, they've built up bad credit for themselves. So I've always been good about training my brain of the importance of that. However, I would forget certain things. And I also realized at an early age, if I don't have sticky notes, I'm in trouble. Because all the things that I lose or all the things that I forget, it's just too easy to forget. And even sometimes important stuff, like the typical, typical brain would say, that's important. That's going to go right from short-term memory, and it's going to get stored into long-term memory because that is super important. In my brain, someone might say something, and I'm like, wow, that is really important. i got to remember that. I'm going to say that 12 times fast in my head to help me remember it. Five seconds later, it's gone. So if I don't put it on, write it down it can be lost in my brain forever. It's sad, but it's true. That's kind of a... And that's, that's the case for a lot of ADHDers. So you can see why all of these things, all these characteristics could be a real challenge. Organizing things in general just hasn't been the easiest. I'll give you another example. I organize things in odd ways. So if you were to come into my house when I'm doing dishes and whatever I'm doing in the kitchen... You might see stuff laying out all over the place and go, what on earth? But in my brain, what I'm doing is leaving myself reminders. So for example, I was doing the dishes last week. All of a sudden, I'm in the middle of doing dishes and my brain goes, ooh, trash, trash. Yes, I'm going to go take care of the trash now because I'm pretty sure I'm going to forget it. If I don't do it now, I'm going to forget it. So I'm going to go do it. So what do I do? I leave the dishwasher open. I leave the dishwasher open because that will remind me when I come back that I still need to finish the dishes. I go out and drop the trash out. Come back. However, I also many times will take trash out but forget the trash bag. So sometimes I will also take care of that first or drop myself a, a quick reminder of just get the next trash bag and put it on the trash can to remind myself. Yes, put the trash push the trash bag into the trash can. Then I do the dishes. So, yes, I struggle with organization, but here's the good news you learn yourself. And as a kid, your parents help you learn about yourself, help you learn about your brain so that you can do these, in my case, silly things to help structure in organizational skills or help you with your working memory or. Self-regulation of talking yourself through impulse control. Any of it. You get better as you get older because you learn about yourself. So as a parent, your role is helping them learn about themselves. You learn them and you help them learn. And a lot of it comes down to communication. They tell you about things that they're experiencing or things that they, they think is going on. You listen Offer some suggestions. That's really what it's all about. I hope you enjoyed this two-part episode. I really tried to be vulnerable and share as much of myself as I possibly could so that I could paint a picture for you about what it looks like for me in my personal journey with ADHD. But remember, every brain is different. ADHD presents itself in a wide variety of ways. And so what it looks like with one individual is not exactly what it may look like with another individual. Thanks again for listening. I appreciate your time out there. Hang in there, parents. I know it's not easy. Remember, if you need any help, feel free to contact me. And you can find out all the services we provide at RechargeFamily.com. Remember, take care of yourself so you can take care of your kids. Have a great one. We'll see you again soon. Matter of fact, the only thing I do know is that most of the time I don't know. Dad, you're super cringy. Is your nine or ten-year-old already starting to fill out their application for Harvard, Yale, or Oxford? Parenting is just flat-out messy sometimes. If you happen to like this stuff from The Short Bald Dude, new episodes drop every other Thursday. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you think he's halfway decent, you can also rate and review. You can also send him some feedback, too, if you email him at researchcommunity@gmail.com, at gmail.com. You can share ideas on future topics or just yell at him for his horrible sense of humor. We do it all the time. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. We'd like to give a shout out to Kevin MacLeod for the use of his music. You can check out his information in the show notes below.